y'all, it's me at Authentic Fee, and this is a podcast slash vlog on life lessons 60, 61, and 77 from 140 life lessons, I wish I knew at 20, aka FSB 140, on figuring out what the heck to do with yourself post-graduation. We're doing a combo this month, uh, 60, lesson 60 is on working post-graduation, lesson 61 is on taking a gap year, and lesson 77 is on doing an internship. I can't think of any other better person to have this conversation with than my guest today, Hera Z, my colleague Bessie from UMass. Oh my God, girl, the stories that are fixing to come out. Y'all, this girl and I figured out our journeys to, alongside each other together over the last 20 plus years and, and still going strong and having a knock on wood. And she taught, also taught me how to cuss. Um, we'll save that story. I, I love you, Hera. I'm so love grateful that you're here, or that I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm... So happy that you're on Authentic Feast, Authentic Feast platform to share your experience along your life, your sinuous life journey that you just embraced and leaned into. Um, and thank you for being here. And so with that, I'm just going to jump right into the first. Sinuous the first is a big word. <laughs> it's, just, it's just a fancy word for like, yes, that's all it means. That's all it means. Okay, so. Uh, let's get right down to the nitty gritty, shall we say. Uh, you, so you've had an interesting journey, um, full of twists and turns. We both have, but because you're my guest, we're going to start with you. Uh, or I'm your guest, so we can start with each other. <laughs> In terms of twists and turns that led you to where you are now, um, as you know, I'm not sure why you're basically a, a social media marketing guru, uh, but before we kind of get into those details and how you landed there, Give us a touch of kind of context around your background, just like the high points. The high points of my background. I, you know, it's it, UMass was pivotal. Oh, 100%. We're, we're going to get to UMass in just a hot second. But in terms of like your, where, where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to high school? Dirty Jersey. Dirty Jersey. <laughs> That's your words, not Dirty mine. Dirty Jersey. <laughs> we're in New Jersey right now. So I'm from, uh, from New Jersey, grew up here. And I think, it, I mean, if we want to talk high points and what kind of led me to this a little bit? Well, yeah, we'll get we'll get to what led you to, to that. I just kind of want some color on your background in terms of your where, where are you from, where you grew up, your kind of high school experience, mm -hmm. and then we'll get into kind of where you went to high school, what you did post high school, that kind of thing. Yeah, so high school was, uh, that was rough. And you know, when I was thinking about this actually, I did not fit in in high school Girl. at all. Girl, that preach. But you know what I did instead? I turned into I was a I was a bully. You're kidding. I was so mean. I don't believe you. I was I was mean. I was angry because I was angry. Yeah. That's I was what mean, I was angry, I was rude, I was defiant. Um yeah. Which and it's like a hundred and eighty. Yeah. Honey. Yeah. Eighty. Yeah, yeah. Completely different. Um and it's funny because people now, especially being in the online world, so much, so much of, not a lot of my life actually is on, but I'm in it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I see a lot of people from my high school that we reconnect and they're like, you're just so different. Yeah. So high school, but I think because I didn't fit in and again, you have anger issues from whatever they come from, maybe family stuff. Yeah, you know? I everybody, think that's everybody. Yeah, yeah. Uh, high school is awkward for everybody yeah. and everyone deals with it in a different way, compounded by like what the heck you're dealing with at yeah. home. Not you, just like everybody's mm -hmm. dealing with at home. I didn't fit in in high school at all, but I had, a, mm -hmm. I had a pretty decent high school experience just given the circumstances, but I just never fit in. So I get yeah. that. And I, so I, I think I was rebellious and I, as we were talking, we we're talking so much about UMass in college, the first time that I applied to UMass, I got rejected. Oh, you're kidding. Okay, so we're fixing to jump right into we're fixing to jump right into UMass. And it was embarrassing, so I lied. And I told people that I got I was going to the University of Hawaii. I lied. I lied. Like who who lies? Because I was so ashamed and so embarrassed. Okay, so first of all, time out. University of Hawaii, like, what? I don't, because it was cool, it sounded really cool. Like, I think it made me feel better to be like, Bish, you got rejected, so like, you have to make yourself feel, so I, I'm going to Hawaii. It's just, it was like, cool, nobody was going to Hawaii. So in the newspaper where it's like, everybody's getting accepted, 
where are you going? I put Hawaii Pacific University. Okay, so wait, so you had to kind of announce post high school where you were in, going? In high school. In high school, everybody had to say where they were going. And you got rejected from UMass, which is kind of like, very sad. UMass PS is University of Massachusetts, mm -hmm. and it was it still is. It's a great state school. Amazing it's, school. It's an amazing school. It's a great state school in New England, and um, it is kind of the go-to place. I would say maybe I'm being biased, but for a lot of the um, that surrounding yeah, area, northeast and northeast yeah, U.S., a yeah. lot of folks try to go there. Well, because it's gorgeous too. It's a beautiful campus. So we yeah. were on the flagship campus, University of Massachusetts Amherst. Yes. Um, so I want to go back to what you were just saying about kind of being embarrassed, basically. I, it's not necessarily the lie. It's more about like feeling pre the pressure. And that's a very tangible, that is a very tangible feeling that a lot of kids go through. Yeah. I, I, I'm 42, so I can't speak for kids, you know, countrywide. But that's a tangible feeling that a lot of kids go through after high school graduation because you're just like well everybody seems like they know what the heck they're doing and the re reality is most Nobody folks don't. Knows. Well most. So I, I gotta jump in here for a hot second. Mm -hmm. So after high school, and I got my high school, my Chargers, Oxford High School <laughs> is where I went. We're wearing the same necklace too. Yeah, we are wearing the same necklace. Did no purpose. Because we're college besties. <laughs> but I remember after high school, I, I really had no idea what I wanted to study, what I wanted to do, mm. and I just felt like everybody else knew what they wanted to yeah. study, where they wanted to go. Yeah. Everybody went to the University of Mississippi, which is a great school. I mean, my hometown, Oxford, University of Mississippi is a great school. I wanted to try to experience something different, mm -hmm. um, but I just felt that pressure of like, okay, everybody's doing college. So that, it, it's, a, it's a blessing to go to college. Mm. It, it may or may not be for every single person. I mean, I, I certainly struggled. Um, yeah. But I, I hear you loud and clear on that feeling, that pressure, and feeling yeah. like you had to come up with some kind of narrative, basically. Yeah. So yeah. which ba you concocted a narrative. That's a diplomatic way of saying concocting a narrative. But basically, you're like, I lied. <laughs> I lied. I concocted a narrative. <laughs> well, I'm going to teach you PR. Okay. I like that. <laughs> Like a, it was like a mission. It was. It was. It so was a mission. Got, so when you got rejected, you were like, "Okay, no, I'm I'm going to the school." At five thousand percent. So when I got rejected and I got accepted to other colleges, there, I thank God for this because there was something in my brain that said that school accepted me, but the school that I wanted, right? So the, here was the uh, visual of it. That school accepted me, but the school that I wanted did not. Yeah. So this school is not enough. I'm going there. Yeah. And I went to community college yeah. because I refused to go anywhere else. I wanted UMass. So you had applied to other other universities. And got accepted. Gotten accepted. And we're like, nope, that's not where I want to go. I'm going to go do my coursework, my main coursework at a, com at a community college, mm -hmm. and then keep applying to University of Massachusetts until I get accepted. Yes. And try to transfer in. And, and I would go for two years, and then I would apply. And the first thing I said to my mother was, I'm staying home. You're not going to give me a curfew. Okay. But and it, it worked. That was the most important. How did that... Okay, so that's the balance that you struck yeah. at home. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she had nothing to do. She was happy about yeah. it. Yeah. But, um... So I, I went to community college for two years, and I was made for college. Like, my dad uh, is very scholarly, actually. He's a professor. He was a professor. He, he, has, he has, like, three master's degrees yeah, and actually, stuff. So for yeah. me, it's funny because college was not an option. It was, it was what's the, after the path. high school. It was the path. And then you probably get your master's after college, and that alone is, like, a privilege. Oh, my God. Grad school changed my life. Okay, but yeah. we'll get to grad school in a hot second. So... I want to go back. Community college. I want to go back a second to community college. So, what? So, U UMass for me was a complete. UMass getting accepted into UMass changed my life. Same. Changed my life trajectory. Changed my life experiences. Same. Changed my network. Changed everything. Mm. I was always grateful for having grown up in the South and in and, and Oxford in particular just because of the community and because I grew up with the same cohort and that's a blood like growing up with the same folks that's a that's a blessing but by the time high school came around I was kind of ready to experience something different I went to another 
state school, school in Mississippi, and I, my freshman year, had no idea what I wanted to do, and I didn't get how everybody else, I felt like everybody else just was kind of marching along, like mm -hmm. they knew what they were doing, and I felt like the odd woman out, not knowing what to do, and so I flunked my freshman year of college. I mean, like, buck shot, like, 0, 0, 0, 0. 0. 0.03, I think I got. I mean, I flunked, I didn't, because I didn't go to class! <laughs> That's why, that's why lesson number, I don't know, one of the lessons in the last one. You gotta go to class. You don't have to know what you want to do at 18, but you gotta show up to class. And I was too embarrassed to go undecided, and, and which which normally is what you told me should do. Like, if you don't know what you want to study, which Jen is ed. totally fine, just do general ed coursework, yeah. right? But I, I just didn't know what to do, and so I flunked out. And was like, but maybe college is not for me. Yeah. And so that summer... I was thinking about different options, and August was coming up, and so I winded up just enrolling my, also in community college mm -hmm. in, in Mississippi. Uh, it, you know, away, I was away from home, but I went to community college for two years, and I pull, I had to pull up that buckshot, basically, because yeah. you can't just get rid of that. Oh, you can't true. Get rid of, That's yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I, got on, I was on academic suspension. Shot. So I, I applied to the University of Massachusetts, and I was like, um, it was a stretch. I didn't think I would get in, and it was a total grace of God that I got in. I was really honest about flunking mm. and figuring out what I wanted to do, and then I knew what I wanted to study, and so they accepted me, and that's how we got. That's how I got there. Wow. Yeah. So very similar. Yeah. Path. It was my mission to go there. It was. It was like a wish for me. Yeah. It was a wish that I wasn't sure if it was going to come true or not. Wow. It, the whole time that I was in community college, I remember going to the, what are they, the advisors or something, and saying, does this, will this class transfer to UMass? Will this class, so I finished, and some people were doing, I guess you get your AA, too, if you do, I think I got my AA, because I, your associate's degree. Yeah. So I didn't confer. Mm. I just, I straight, because I knew by the second time, by the second, because I, even while I was in co community college, and I was doing general coursework. I never specialized. Gen, yes, same. Gen ed. I didn't know if I wanted to continue. It wasn't until the second year of, co of community college that I was like, okay, I want to continue on and, and, and do a full university degree. Mm -hmm. And, I, and I, what I appreciated about myself and my family and my network is that they gave me that space that, especially having flunked out of my freshman year, to just say, you know, just do what, what, what you think feels um, and what not necessarily just feels good, but feels right yeah. for you, basically, because yeah. you know, coming from a background of folks with like engineering and IT, and I just that wasn't me, and so I had to figure out what was me. Mm. And 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 community college gave me that space to do it. This is smart. I I tell people, I tell my stepkids, go to community college yeah. and figure it out. Yeah, feel it out. Yes, and find out if it's for you. Yeah, because I think. That still applies to like a lot of stuff in life, even at in in our forties. Oh, hundred percent! Oh yeah. my God, a hundred percent. So UMass. So we both get there. Yeah, I'm gonna let you tell the story because I I have spoken a whole bunch. So you tell the story. I I guess my mom drove me up, and we found out that we were not going to have dorm rooms. Like, we were not going to have a place to be. They put us in overflow housing. Oh, my gosh. But was you know a motel. Why? You know why? Because that year, mm. so P.S., my hometown at the time had, like, 14,000, 15,000 residents, yeah. minus, like, the university, I think, or maybe a little bit less. And campus had, like, tw at that time had 26,000 kids, just campus. And the year that you and I went, which was 2000, the fall of 2000 going in, was the year that they had accepted the most students. Yes. Yes. If my memory, if my memory serves me correctly. It's yes. interesting. Yeah. Well, and, and so we got stuck in overflow housing, which was basically a motel. motel. It was a motel. So take a 20-year-old... And put them in a motel, like a hotel, motel, whatever. I mean, it was right next to campus. It, it was right like, next to campus. It wasn't like on route, you know, for yeah. whatever route, whatever, the route that you take. Whatever route it is. Yeah, it wasn't off and we were next to campus. Yeah, and we were talking about it today that I struggled, like we struggled in the beginning with that. Just yeah. being, it was tough. Yeah. So you were away from Jersey, which I'm sure it wasn't your first time, but I was away from the South, and it was my, my first time kind of heading up North. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, um... It was, it, those first two weeks, I was just kind of like, 
you know, the first couple of days, I was like, maybe this is not for me. Mm-hmm. But what helped me, and I mean this sincerely, was the fact that you and I were, that's how you and I met. Yes. So, and I got to stop here for a second and just say, like, whatever happens to you along life's path, if something happens that's really challenging and you're like, why me? It's a, it, There's a silver lining and a blessing to it. Because had we not been in over, overflow housing together and we were right next to our rooms were right next to each other because I remember we even opened the door. Yeah. Um, we, I don't know that you and I would have connected because we both ended up in Southwest, which was one of the larger, really concentrated. You were in a different building. I was in a different building. And if, I just don't know that our paths would have crossed and if even if they had I don't know if we would have had the chance to really get to know each other in such a concentrated amount of time Mm -hmm. and I think that I think that was the kicker was that we were thrown literally into this situation where we could get to know each other and even what we were talking about today like the similarities that we have are mind-blowing yes parallels a a lot of parallels a lot of similarities but not on the surface Right. Not 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 conspicuously. Right. Like I don't know that anybody would put us together and be like, oh, these two. <laughs> you know what I mean? But when you get to know to know our personalities, our values yeah. are yeah. that we're totally aligned. Yeah. Um. So I remember when I was unlo- I was I had I used to have a two door Ford. My two door Ford Escort. Yeah. I remember it vividly. <laughs> vividly and very colorfully. I remember. <laughs> so. I was like, I need to unload my car, and you were coming in and out. Your bedroom door was open, and you were coming in and out, moving my clothes. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah. And, and I was like, and I was like, okay, so there. And I didn't know a soul. I was like, I'm just God's gonna take care of me. The universe is gonna take me. I didn't know a soul. And so you were coming in and out, and I had my sunglasses on, and I was like super tan because I was like a nanny that summer, uh, and uh, and I was like, you know. They just coming, coming from the south, thick southern accent, really super. Hey thick. y'all! And I was like, hey y'all! I was like, I'm gonna try to, I'm gonna try, try to meet this girl. Like, I'm gonna try to make a friend. And I'm like, there's southerners here. Okay, all right. Out of state experience. And I was like, oh, this girl's got Jersey place. I've never met anybody from Jersey. And I was like, I got Mississippi place. I wonder if she's going. I thought it was cool. It was so funny. And that's cool. And that. And I just remember you had all these like hip hugger jeans yeah, and that showed your midriff and, and and I was like, ha! And you just you were in the back your back seat like yeah, everything. trying to get stuff out and you just stopped, you pulled up your hip hip huggers and you were like, not for nothing, yo, where are you from? <laughs> so rough around the edges she was. It's not Mississippi. It's yeah, Mississippi. Mississippi. Yeah. You got to consolidate. Mississippi. You got to consolidate still. Yes. Yes. <laughs> See? Education. And then you were like, yeah, yo, but where are you, like, where are you yeah, from, yeah. from? And I was like, I'm Arab. <laughs> it was so funny. So funny. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It memories was hilarious. Lots and lots and yeah. lots of memories. Okay. So while we were at UMass, how did you figure out what you wanted to study? I think because of the two years of exploring, yeah. and I, I, I didn't insert this into the narrative here, not concocting a narrative, I'm actually re- retelling the narrative. Um, I want psychology, I was very into psychology, mm-hmm. and because my teachers in high school really sucked in the sense of understanding an adolescent, or, or maybe they didn't suck and maybe it was me, um, I wanted to be a teacher. And I remember taking all the gen ed classes and somehow, I don't know how it switched, but I went to UMass and I declared a communications major. And within the first... Sub- you, you, I didn't know that. Yeah, you want to know why? Why? Because I wanted to be like the female version of David Letterman and I wanted to be a talk show host. That's hilarious. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and da- so I declared... I'm ask why David Letterman was your benchmark. I don't, <laughs> not only because he was the only one I knew that was time, behind yeah. a desk, cup of God knows what he had in there. And just interviewing really cool people. Yeah. So I did the communications major, and I hated it. I hated it. So I switched to, I don't remember. Maybe eventually it was like Hispanic linguistics because somebody had told me, I babysat as well. Yeah. And said, you should, you love Spain. You lived in Spain, which I didn't even bring that up as a high point. Yeah. That was a big one. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. And uh, (laughs) just be a teacher. So when you, so... 
Did you study for undergrad education or Spanish? Gen Ed. Gen Ed. I took Gen Ed courses even, even that would transfer. Okay, so when you so you went into UMass, you transferred your comms court, your community college courses mm -hmm. in, and when you got to UMass, we had to declare a major our junior year. What did you declare? Communications. Communications. Yes. You took that. You took that for a semester. Yeah, and I hated it. And you were like, "This is not for me." It was terrible. And you pivoted. Super. That is such an important message because I think again the experience of this is what I want to do and then for me there have been times where I was like this is what I want to do and then I realized actually just because I'm the kind of person I gotta like really explore like swim in it I gotta get Go up in there yeah. yeah and then I'm like okay you know what just get just kidding this is not for me and I, what I what I love about myself is that I have never I have stopped I've learned to stop being afraid to pivot and yeah. be like okay you know what this is not really for me and and I don't know that a lot of people have that part of that is maybe pressure whatever it is but it sounds like, like it sounds like you just were like comms is not for me mm -mm. yeah and so then you and then you were like Spanish and then uh, because I wanted to be a teacher they said well you have to declare a major in the subject you want to teach so then all of a sudden I found myself in, I had to declare a Hispanic linguistics major Hispanic which is not what I do now Hispanic linguistics not Spanish Hispanic linguistics okay. like I can break down you know I love languages yes um, Hispanic linguistics okay. like I had to break down languages I had to translate things in Latin like yeah dissect language yeah 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 which it's it's me yeah it's very me yeah it's different than just learning the, the mm -hmm. language as a major yeah and then through so through that you had to take the core courses of what you wanted to teach and you also had to do an internship I mean yeah. Okay, so I want to get to the internship, but first I want to oh, talk shit, about... Oh, shit, I did do an internship. So, what was that your senior year? I don't remember when it was. I'll think about it. Okay. But I did a teaching internship, essentially. While we were at UMass? Yes. Okay, well, I want to back up. Mm -hmm. While we were do while you, when you landed on to com, community college, general ed, then you transferred into UMass, UMass. comms as a decla declarative major, just kidding, hashtag, I'm all pivot. Yeah. So then you went to uh, Hispanic linguistics, did that for how long, And but at some point you went and studied abroad. Yeah. In Spain. Several times. While we were at UMass. Before I went to UMass, my sophomore year of community college. You're kidding. Which I was the youngest one there. You were hanging out mostly with the locals. Yeah, because I, once again, it's like don't really fit here. Yeah. And that was a common thread. I remember you and I having this discussion too about like, where do I belong? Oh yeah, where do I fit? Where what is my identity? Yes. Girl, that's another, I know. that's a whole another other episode. therapy session plus a podcast yeah. plus the Prozac plus, <laughs> plus something else. Yeah, but so, okay, so you studied Hispanic you before you got to UMass. You did the you did the study abroad yeah. uh, and in Spain, mm -hmm. and then realized that this is kind of a culture and a language that you can, that you that that sits well and right with you. Something that you wanted to explore more. So when you came back to UMass, ditched comms, went to Hispanic linguistics to be a teacher. To be a teacher, mm -hmm. what you. If I'm not mistaken, you went back to Spain and did a study abroad program in Spain while we were at UMass. I or went back to Spain. Well, you're going to tell me to pause with this, but I went back to Spain because of September 11th. Because um. I was done. I was like, I'm, I'm leaving out of this country. And it was also kind of like my gap year. Wait, so you... I did Spain twice. You did Spain twice. Once in community college. As a sophomore. As a sophomore. And then after we Actually, I did Spain three times. Okay. Yeah. Community college. Community college, sophomore. Yeah. Gap year. And then... After, gap, gap year after we graduated. After we graduated. I'm going to come to that, that in a hot And second. then, grad school. After I graduated grad school, or maybe it was my last semester, UMass sent me over there to work. During grad school? During grad school. And that was your internship? No. That was a separate? Yes, that okay. was a job. But you're, I As guess, a teacher. the takeaway here uh -huh. is that you're, while you're at community college, mm. studying in Spain, Yes. that experience, what left an imprint on you. Oh yeah. That impacted basically the rest of your trajectory for the foreseeable future. Granted, since then you've pivoted. You still speak Spanish, oh, yeah. but you've pivoted. Mm, many um, times. Yeah, but you but that impacted for a, a, a good what five years at least. Spain is my third home. Yeah. Okay. Not my second. Okay. 
Yeah. So you so the so the study abroad led into the gap year. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's let. I mean, no. On, on the contrary, let's talk about let's 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 talk about the gap year. So our our senior year, mm-hmm. and you know, for me, this is more about when whatever you plan, life is going to happen, and you're going to have to like stuff happens and. Life is going to throw you curveballs, and you're just going to have to keep going yeah. in whatever path is most comfortable. Yeah. So we were roommates our senior year, yeah. and uh, we were. It was September of 2011. Mm-hmm. I remember this very distinctly. Very clear that day. Very clear. It was a beautiful morning. Yeah. It was a beautiful morning, and we got up, and you you because your intuitive thought that there was. You were like today's. Today's like, a, is there a holiday? And I was like, uh, Harry, we gotta go to class, girl. You better. <laughs> and I had, a, yeah. I had um, astronomy class. Yeah. And that was a good class. That was a good class. Yeah. And I had to book it all the way across campus. And um, I got dressed, and we left together, even though we separated. Mm-hmm. Uh, after we went through the tunnel. Anyway, long story short, it it was it ended up being September what 9-11, 2001, mm. and. You know, at that point, speaking of identities, I was just coming into kind of my Arab identity uh, and my and kind of embracing my Muslim identity. And everybody on campus thought I was Puerto Rican. I, I didn't care because I was just kind of like, I'm still kind of figuring this out. Mm. Uh, even linguistically, I was taking Arabic. So that was my balance. And I got like, a, I think I got a B in Arabic or, or a C in Arabic or a BC because they did B, A, B, Yeah, yeah, they did. Oh, wow. Because my grammar, I could never figure out the vowels. I still can't figure out the vowels, P.S. But anyway, I I remember that that was our first semester of our senior year. Mm-hmm. And so we had already, imagine, we had already, for me, I had already flunked out my freshman year. Mm-hmm. Gone to community college for two years. So mm-hmm. my co- my collegiate experience was like, oh my God. And pull, finally pulled myself together, figured out what the F I want to do, which was sociology, which I found fascinating, yeah. even though everybody's like, what the hell are you going to do with some sociology degree? I was like, you know what, I don't, I don't care right yeah. this second. I, I, this is what I enjoyed, this is what I'm doing. I wanted to build a two-decade career on doing socioeconomic development in yeah. sociology. And then we had 9-11 our senior year, and everybody that was close to me was like, pack your bags and come home yeah. because it's going to be hard. It, like, you're going to be the target of backlash. Mm-hmm. And I was like... First of all, I don't even know that I, I wasn't hiding that I'm Arab, but or, or Muslim. I just did. Everybody thought I was Puerto Rican, so most folks left me alone until I stood up in class and was like, "I just want to say that this is this doesn't represent Arabs, this doesn't re- represent Muslims," and then the cat was that. But we, it freaked us both out. Yeah, right. Yeah, that was an intense. That was an intense moment, and that also changed. I'm sure for many people, changed a lot. Yeah, of course. And that was that was how I decided to go to Spain. Afterwards, it was like I, maybe I should just explore living in another country or something, or I don't know. Yeah, it it, it changed a lot for a lot of people. Yeah. God bless the of souls course. of everybody who yeah. passed away, and was it, and God bless everybody that was impacted by it. So, nine eleven, we we got through it. Mm-hmm. We got through it together. Yes, we did. You were a great support system for yeah. me. I'll never forget it. Thank you. Um, and your mom was really good to me. I'll mm-hmm. never forget mm-hmm. that either. Um, we winded up getting through the year, uh, campus shut down for a little bit and then everything, you know, kind of whatever normal is, but got back up and running. Um, I think I drank a lot that year. (laughs) Yeah. I, I, I don't remember you drinking very much. I don't think I drank too much my senior year. I, I think I was just kind of like, okay, cause you know, with the American college experience, you gotta like. You got you got four years to get it together and get out. Five max. After five, like masakhtiha, like yeah. in Arabic. I don't even know how to translate that, but basically, like enough you, is enough. yeah, you need to like khalas. You need to pull yeah, it together, exactly. like get, get out. So I think I just I had my head down because I had gotten accepted into the honors college. I wanted to graduate with a thesis, and mm-hmm. I wanted to graduate with honors to prove a point because I yeah. flunked, and so I just had my head down doing the work basically. But. Um, so we got through our senior year. I, I so after our senior year, you were like because of nine eleven, you were like I need to get out of the U S for a hot second. I want to go a break. Yeah. yeah. And so you so you went to Spain. Mm-hmm. And how was that? It was uh, a ama- It was free. It was amazing. And I don't know. I I can't 
think of why I went back other than it was my initial reaction to escape and maybe it would help my Spanish even more or something but um, going there I went on my own accord and I told you I wrote a contract with myself oh my god that's crazy that was like life is about living and experiences and I'm gonna do this for one year and then I'm gonna come back and I'm gonna focus on me for one year and I was I'm gonna horseback ride and learn this and learn that I ended up going to Spain it was amazing while I was there too I remember saying really I don't see a lucrative future so I was applying to grad school while you were I was there got it and doing the interviews there and everything and I was I mean over there I was bartending I was living with Spanish people so again I signed up for classes just so I could get a visa mm. but I would never go to the classes I'm breaking one of the life lessons because my class was who I was living with and I would go to these classes and be with people from China and Russia and listen to their terrible Spanish accents and it was not worth it I wasn't learning Spanish so I would hang out with my friends instead who were from the country, because that's another story, how I ended up living with actual Spaniards. But that was how I learned to speak fluently and not sound like I'm not from there. Right. And plus you look. I'm convinced that you were Arab in a previous life yeah. and that you were just called back to the Iberian Peninsula yeah. and like connect with them. I think so. I think so. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. 100%. Remember when we would fall asleep at night, I would tell you too, can you speak in Arabic to me? Yeah, and I would tell and you. you would put me to sleep in Arabic. Yes. With, with like the few grammatically correct sentences that I knew, but yes, 100%. Yeah. So, so, um, there's a couple things here that that are really fascinating. What I love that you said, that first of all, Spain going abroad and kind of figuring out what you enjoy doing. But I think the most important thing that you said was you gave yourself space, and that's what your twenties are for. P.S. Yeah. You gave yourself space to kind of explore what you were passionate about, mm -hmm. and because you, it seemed like you fell in love with. Spain, travel. Yes, travel, but in culture, culture and language, you were yeah. like you gave your t yourself some time and some space to explore that, which is totally fine. And I think one of the things that I never understood about kind of the um, the linear education kind of expectations, expect expectant ex expectancy. Thank you. Here is that you gotta khalas eighteen. You gotta know what you want to do. Go study it. Go work. If you you know want to go to grad school, go up in terms of like earning a, a potential, and then just like marriage house kids, you know. And it's like I, I just the fact that you gave yourself some space to just explore and the gap year concept. I wish I did. I wish I did a gap year in my twenties or thirties. I never did a gap mm. year in my twenties or thirties. I mean, I think the closest thing I did to it was like in the last three months taking a gap year, focusing on the creative stuff that I really yeah. want to get out, but. Doing it in your 20s or 30s, I think, 20s especially, that's what it's for. And it's, I think I find it to be a very European concept mm -hmm. to do a gap year post high school yeah, yeah. where you just like strap on a backpack and go check out, you know, the neighboring countries. And I yeah. think it's great that you did that, uh, even though, granted, the catalyst was harsh and, and detrimental and horrible. Yeah. Uh, but it was good that you kind of transmuted a... a um, a, a growth experience yeah. for yourself. I think you're just making me think too that really from from a very young age I think I've always looked at life and there's hard moments and there's moments where I think I lose it a little bit and I get caught up in the grinds but even now like I always have looked at I've always said this world is my playground um, it allowed me to explore myself okay yeah which was interesting this is post this is post undergrad graduation yeah post senior year Okay. So after senior year, I guess I left in uh, August yeah. of 2002? No. No, no. It would, it would be 2002. Was it? It was. Yeah, we're so, May 2002. Yeah, August of 2002, I went to Spain, got hooked up with living, some, living with people on a military base, of all things. Random! Super random. You. Love you. Super random. And it was the best thing ever. Yeah. Because I was so protected and like taken care of. It was amazing. Um, and while I was there, I just, I do remember, what was I going to do with my life? Yeah. And if I worked there, would I have enough money to go back and see my parents and my friends? And it's like... So mm -hmm. for a hot second, it sounds like you were contemplating just sticking around. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you were like, mm, this is not for me. How long, how long were you in Spain? 
A year. Wow, you stayed in so you took a gap year. Yes. So just really quickly, recap. High school? High school. Didn't it get accepted to UMass? Went to a, a small community college mm -hmm. in New Jersey. Yes. Pulled up, like basically did the general coursework, decided to keep applying to UMass, got accepted to UMass, went to UMass. Went no. Okay. You were in Spain. Spain sophomore year. Set Spain sophomore year, which impacted what you winded up pivoting to in UMass. Yes. Yeah. So then when you went to UMass, started in comms, were like, this is not for me, kind of thought to yourself, what was I interested in? Ah, trigger, Spain. Yes. Hispanic linguistics. Yes. At UMass as a major. And then our, after we graduated, just given what happened with 9-11 and wanting to experience something different, it sounds like you went abroad and stayed abroad for a year. Yes. And then... My ego wants to say that I did not continuously apply to UMass. Okay, fine. That's fine. <laughs> In community college, it was the mission I knew. Two years here, get my grades up, and I'm going to UMass. So you didn't keep applying? No. Okay, so, sorry, that was my, my no mistake. So you, you, so you, thank you for correcting me. Yeah. So you didn't keep applying, you were just like, two I, years I, here, yeah. UMass. So, and that's what happens yeah. in community college. You take your, you mm -hmm. do your two years of coursework, and then... Okay. Yeah, so I knew, Okay. and then uh, where did we leave off? Came back to grad school. Right, okay, so came back to grad school, so after you went through community college, UMass, Spain, mm -hmm. while you were in Spain, decided to go back to grad, grad school. Grad school, and in UMass. So you went back to UMass. Yeah, I went okay. back to UMass as grad as grad school, and Forch at the time, it was to get your master's in Hispanic, master's of arts in teaching, Hispanic linguistics. Okay. And because it was kind of like a dual major, you were supposed to be there for four years. And God is so good in so many ways. Amen. Preach! <laughs> that this uh, professor came in and he switched up the whole... He was like, "This four years is absurd? Yeah. We're switching it. It is absurd. That's yeah. a, in Europe, that's a PhD. That's a PhD. And he was from Spain. Oh. <laughs> so that's probably why. I still talk to him this day. That's fantastic. Many of my professors, very, they're very incredible people. UMass, UMass was, was a, the, amazing. It was, an ama it was a vortex. It really was a vortex. Yeah. Because every single person that I built a long-lasting relationship with yeah. there, I'm still in touch with and, and has Same. helped me somehow throughout my career trajectory. Yeah. 100%. Just in life. In, the, in life, yeah. Not in just life. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Um, so uh, he switched that up, and that was really the beginning of, I mean, we had to build our portfolios on websites, so I got my taste of building a first this website. Was, so what year was this? This was 2003. Still, before websites were like, you know, oh, yeah. Squarespace, before it was super easy to yeah. do websites. Yeah, so you were like so, at the forefront. And I thank God for him, because he came in and he was so progressive and like, this is what we're doing. And he really, he gave me a lot of opportunities. He then, so if we fast forward to all of the things that I learned in grad school, which remember I came back because there was opportunity and money here. And I actually got grad school because I was a TA and I taught Spanish at UMass. I got paid to get my grad degree. Hello. That's <laughs> okay. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for you. Yes. So you got, because you're wicked smart. I got to put the wicked in there. I like yeah. to think that yeah. I was given the brains. Yeah, you're, you're wicked smart. given the brains. So you got basically a, you got basically a scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that was also why I went to UMass, because now I applied to Georgetown, and they didn't give it to me. Yeah. But UMass, so I got accepted, but then uh, UMass gave me, gave it to me for free. But they With, paid me to get my So you my got accepted masters. to Georgetown and UMass. Yeah, but there was no money at Georgetown. Got it. Yeah. So Girl, you go ahead. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I did UMass. For the same Hispanic linguistics. It, it was a very different program. But similar. similar. Yeah, in terms of, like, linguistics. If I recall. Yeah. No, I think Georgetown was just linguistics, maybe? Okay. I can't remember a very long time ago. Yeah. And uh, UMass was to the path to be a teacher. Yeah. Which so, is what you wanted to do. Which is what I wanted to do. How did you figure that out? That's what I want to know, which is actually perfect. people that I babysat for said... What, where? In Spain? In New Jersey when I was younger. When you were younger, okay. I babysat for this family very close. So again, similar stories. Yeah. Um, and she said... I called her up one day. Something about... I don't remember what it was, but she said, Why don't you be a Spanish teacher? Wow. You love kids. 
you love the language, you love to travel, do that. And it just clicked. I was like, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Because I was probably stressed over the calm stuff. Yeah. And when I switched to do that, which it was stressful to do that in undergrad, um, but grad school, that was what set me up to grad school, was saying, okay, I'm going to get my the teaching degree and teach Spanish. Because, again, it was, I can work until 3 p.m. every day, have summers off. The summers off. Summers off is, is a huge draw. And, and obviously impact lives. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and I love the kids. That's all I liked about teaching was giving the kids the things that I didn't have yeah. when I was in high school. Yes. I get that 100%. And there are some of my students, because I did end up teaching in a high school down in Florida, some of my students still to this day I still talk to. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, but going to, where was it? So it was uh, coming back from Spain, coming back here, because to, so to be a teacher, I knew I'd have the summers off, I would build my own business, and I wanted to have a school. I wanted to have a language immersion school. A language immersion school? Yeah. In the United States. Yeah. What is a language immersion? So immerse yourself in a language the way I learned. Okay, got it. I learned immersed in Spanish culture. Because when you were there, when you were in Spain, you didn't really hang out with the other internationals. You hung out with the locals. With locals. So my thought process was, let me open up my own school here, because I love to have my own shit. I love to call the shots. Yeah. Um, That's why we we rolled again. Right. (laughs) But of course, again, in service. Because if I have an idea and I want to create something for someone or give something to someone. Yeah. Please don't tell me I can't. Yeah. Um, and that happened when I was a teacher in high school. I wanted to take these kids to Costa Rica, and they were like, oh, liability. And it's like, but, but, but. Yeah. And so for I you, was, you want to give them give, a, give, you the give them an experience. experience. Yeah, to explore. Yeah. So I, I really don't like, and I never have, I can even think since I was 15, I don't like being told I can't do something. Girl, the second somebody tells me I can't do something, I'm like, watch me. I'm like, pause, watch. I'll be right back. And I'm going to take pictures. <laughs> I'm going to take pictures. business and I always thought it would be a school yeah because I really enjoyed the kids and that was the woman I babysat for she said you're so good with kids Mashallah, yeah, you are. because they need us 100% mm. 100% yeah uh, okay so I, I want to back up to, to two things that you talked about yes so you very quickly skimmed over this and it's actually very crucial, crucial. Yeah. odd men jobs I can't tell <laughs> you how odd men jobs yeah. impacted my trajectory even at times when I didn't think that that's what I, you know, that I'm past a certain point. So I remember in college I waited tables, and I and I cleaned houses for a while while I was in college. I was basically a maid, mm-hmm. and I remember when I was doing both. What I re- what I remembered about being uh, being a waitress, aside from just like in the cash, like immediate cash, was I, it it taught me that I really like public interfacing. Yeah, and it taught me that I enjoy doing public service like that you're you're serving all of us are servants ps mm-hmm. in one form or another um and so but i enjoyed those two things and then when i was cleaning houses i realized that i was really good at organizing chaos basically or organizing other people's messes mm-hmm. and i could do it in a way where i didn't disrupt their environment but still kind of transformed because you know when somebody comes in to clean your house you got to kind of clean a little bit mm-hmm. and if you don't then they move all your stuff around and then it gets chaos. <laughs> I did that before you got here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I don't for you. Don't mess with my cheat. Don't mess with my stuff. Anyway, so what are some in in undergrad? Going back for a hot second, or or even grad school. What were some odd nicks? So you TA'd, which is kind of like a you know that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But what are some odd and stuff that you did that made you say, hmm? There's, I, in retrospect, maybe not right then, but in hindsight, that you picked up a. A skill set that you have from that experience. In in undergrad UMass, I worked in all of the because um, I do I like feeling productive. Yeah, of course. In a sense that what I'm doing now is contributing to some area of my life in some way. Yeah. So to be brutally honest, because anything else is just bullshit. Yeah, hundred um, percent. When I was an undergrad, I worked in the food courts. Yeah. For money and also free food. Yeah, of course. And I used to get a kick. Food, food is, is the biggest expense. The biggest thing. Yeah. And I would get a kick that my 
to spend on groceries, I think it was $20 a week if I had to go to the grocery store because everything else I got from the food court. Yeah. Oh my God, girl. You hooked yourself up. I super hooked myself up. Oh my God. That's the way to do it. 100%. So I did that. I can't say I realized anything. It, it yeah, all the odd men jobs. Yeah taught you something different, mm. and also we're, we're just really cost-effective yes. <laughs> in terms of like getting you access perks. Anything perks. I do has to have a perk. Perks. I'm all for perks. But that you actually went away to tables after graduate school, and that is, so, that's, that's a key point, because I think folks think, me too, by the way, like, I didn't necessarily wait tables, but you think, okay, I got my master's, then, okay, it's going to be like a corporate corner office. And it's like, no, you still got to hustle. The, the economy, there could be a downturn. There's a pandemic. Like, stuff happens. Applying for jobs was a full-time job. Applying for jobs is a full-time job. And while you're waiting here back, you got you to gotta do something to earn money. I, I went into a tent pool, and so I had to wait, basically, by the phone. And one day they would call me and be like, come. And the next day they would... Did that, too. Yeah. And that's how I got my first permanent corporate job. Yeah. Was doing temping first, to go into a tent pool and then get mm -hmm. in place. But... To your point about grad school and then waiting tables, what was that like? Terrible. Your ego. It's your ego. Basically. I, I want to hear, I tell you, because right, I remember it clear as day, and I'm sitting there and I'm polishing silverware before we opened up, and all I could sit there is holding the fork and the knife and polishing it, and I'm like, this is bullshit. I have a master's. This is bullshit. This is bull I was pissed. I was pissed. Fair. I but weird. I came back in the middle of the year from Granada, which was the third time I went to Spain. Yeah. As at now working as a study abroad director, and it was, I mean, it was totally worth it. But I came back in the middle of the year, so there's no teaching jobs in the middle of the year. You gotta wait. Yeah. And then you know what happened. This is why I went to the temple. Somewhere in between, so it was temple just sub. Temple, no. Okay. To make mo money anything. until okay. the next school year. Yeah. So, I guess it was January, and I got into a car accident. I remember this. The most terrible car accident I ever. This. Thank God I'm alive. Alhamdulillah. Um, and after, I mean, I was wiped out. I had nothing. I was in physical therapy for four months. I remember Living that. with my mother, because I had no job, just came back from Spain, my master's, I had nothing. Yeah. And then, uh, and while you were looking to kind of like get yourself started, just let me go to a you, temp agency. You had you had a you had a life altering experience in terms of having a car accident, which sets you, which set for all intents and purposes sets you back. Yeah. And then, mm. and then, how did you recover? Well, and that's the crazy part too. Is I got a job in the middle of the year, and then I got into the car accident and had to turn it down. Wow. Yeah. But oh, and then recovering was um, temp agency physical therapy, and then I just kept applying. And I got, actually it ended up turning out better than it should have, of yeah. course, because I ended up at the school that was perfect for me. So that's that's kind of mm -hmm. the blessing there. Is that yeah. Because I, I really believe, as cheesy as it sounds, that the universe always has your back. Yeah. Even when harsh things happen, and harsh things happen to everybody. And so you wouldn't have ended up where you ended up had all of those I don't want to call them mishaps, but those occurrences didn't, blips. those blips didn't happen as they happened. If you mass accepted me the first time, I would have never met you. You would have never met. Oh my God. Oh my God. I would have never met you. If I hadn't flunked out of my freshman year of high school, uh, college, yeah. we would have never met. And sometimes I like to think, oh no, God would find a way, but we don't know. Yeah, of course. But um, working at that school, it was in South Florida, and it, it was amazing. It was another stepping stone, and it, it was, it was great. It was really great, but I, I think the biggest takeaway from any job I've had, whether it be a career as a teacher, uh, waitress, working in a flea market, working in the food court, and coming home smelling like the what is the grill smells like fried food. Yeah. The biggest takeaway that I learned was I don't want to work for anybody else. Yeah, which brings us to where you are now. Mm-hmm. Working for myself. Working for yourself. In PJs. In PJs. Yes. But what are you doing? Because it's different from teaching. You're still teaching. I'm still teaching. But it's a different, it's not in a, like an education classroom to kids. Yeah. The leap for me from teaching, so I was a teacher for close to 10 years, and I, I wanted to open up that school, open up that school, but I just got real savvy with all of my background from the website. When I went to Granada, I was helping my friends. Time to focus. Time to focus. And that's, that is the pivot that I've made just now is, even when you have your own business, 
now you're not working for somebody else, but now your business almost owns you, and your business can be this tyrant of a boss. But it's a. Di but I gotta tell you, when you hustle for yourself, it's a totally different type of hustle. Completely. Yeah. Because you have you have that. Sorry to cut you. You have the I, control is not the word, but when you want to take a step back, you can. You can take a step back. Correct. Yeah. If you are. Um, Cognizant, if one says the word, if you're aware of just like, whoa, I'm burning the candle at both yes, ends here. Exactly. Pause. Yeah. But it's, I feel like we've talked about that. Maybe that's our song, The Space Between. But yes. We've talked about giving, Yeah. Giving yourself this space and creating this space is where sometimes the blessings can. Oh, 100%. When you create the, when you release the things that are not serving you, yeah. or you're, for me, it's like I got really clear on my values yeah. very recently and then started to calibrate everything in my life. To align with those values, yeah, whether it was like friendships, that. relationships, uh, career, everything. But it took me until I was forty-two yeah. to get there, you know. And and that's part You're of. Not done. I'm not done. I'm not. We're near done. But that's part of the journey. I mean, yeah. part the that's the whole the. You said it earlier about exploring. So when you went to Spain, and when you went to grad school, and then when you went to teach, and then while you were teaching, and then in between with your odd jobs, and you know, and I'm, I hope I'm not coming across as if I'm like pointing it because I had a very similar. For me, I had the same value of I'm going to try to explore, especially after I flunked out of my freshman year. I was like, I need to explore because I know myself, and if I'm not passionate about what I'm engaged in, I'm not going to engage. Yeah. And if I don't engage, I'm not going to show up. And if yeah. I don't show up, I'm going to fail. Yeah. And so, I, I just I love how that was kind of your. And then once you got what you what you once you got what you're good at or what you're interested in, you're like, I'm going in this direction. And then you pulled all of your expertise from teaching and from because well, that always goes with you. It goes with you. And but you the, use it so there's no loss. No. There's no loss no. in experience. There's no right or wrong. It's just experience. You you keep painting. You keep painting the layers. So yeah. it's like if this didn't start, you know, as something, it was a blank canvas. Yeah. And you had to put the background in it. The layers, the layers, the layers. That's why I say we're not... We're not even done. There's okay. going to be more. 100%. We're about to enter a new cycle. 100%. Both of us. All of us, actually, I think. And I noticed, too, that... The, the Somebody said to me when it was like, how do I move to the next, the next? They said, it's like a trapeze. Yeah. If you want to oh get God. to the other side. That's powerful. So, I'm, I mean, it, it is because there's the visual and you realize if you want to get to the other one, you've got to let go. you got to let go. Ah! Yeah. So that helped me transition from teaching into online coaching. Yeah. And it was health coaching at the time because I was very passionate about it. My mom had cancer. Yeah, so I thought, I still, food is medicine, we, food is medicine. So I became obsessed with healthy food to prevent disease. Yeah. And uh, just knowing that I had that teacher in me, I said, why am I'm sticking, I'm giving all of this inside these four walls to these very worthy beings, but I am being told that I cannot give everything I want to give them. Yeah. Which was the experience. The life lessons, which is so funny, actually. The hundred Because they would always say, it's life lesson day with Z, with Ms. Z. It's life lesson day with Ms. Z. Yeah. Because sometimes we would just stop when I was a high school Spanish teacher, and I would say, you guys, let's just, because I'm also a certified yoga instructor. Which I love. Um, I would say, you guys, it's been a rough week. I, see, I hear you guys are stressed, because those kids in a very prestigious high school were very stressed out. Very stressed out. There's so much pressure. So to, much pressure. To like score a certain amount on your ACT or your SAT and AP, get, to, get the credits get, now. Yeah, do and then do electives and get your yeah. applications ready for college so you get into the right. There's so much pressure to know. Mm. There's so much pressure to have this like predetermined path, and it's yeah. just like I I gotta I gotta figure out if I even want to go to college. I gotta figure out what and once I get there, what do I want to study? And you know, it may be very different than what people before you studied, especially yeah. in your family, or what they expect That's from hard. you. And the it, expectations are hard. Outward expectations are hard. And I found myself, a lot of times, putting pressure on myself. All the time. Yeah. I gotta ask you one last thing before we wrap. Mm -hmm. So, you t in grad school, you did an internship. Yeah. And what was you that? You had to. Okay, what was that and how did it impact? I lucked out. I mean, it was great because it was... Um, like more like an apprenticeship and a mentorship that if you're going to be a teacher, you have to be a student teacher. 
Okay. And you have to learn under a teacher. So that was your TA? No. Okay, separate. That was, yeah, in a high school under the most phenomenal. But while you were in grad school? Yeah. Okay. So a whole semester was no classes. You go into school every day and you work as a teacher under this teacher. And she, it's weird the lessons that you remember, but she had said to me every week, they get that, I, I focus on what do I want them to achieve by the end of the week, and I build my lessons backwards. And that's how I run my business. That's how I set, I don't like to call them goals. I call them either targets or north stars. So I put myself in a mode, the pesh mode. Yeah. <laughs> I put I myself in a mode that's moving towards a destination or a target. Yeah. So she taught me that. Yeah. Food is sweet to live. We got food to live. So We're about to eat. Food is here. We're about to eat. So I, I had to study under her for an entire semester and I lucked out. I chose her. Yeah. And she was phenomenal. She was phenomenal. We just got along so well and she taught me so much and we had such a great relationship. And what did you take with you from that internship? The experience of how to, I guess, not work with children, but just what it was really like. And um, I guess, wow, I never really thought of this actually, but I wonder if that internship really gave me that, the look at the big picture, this mode thing that I'm talking about. Because even now in my work, right, as a, as a in marketing, the strategy is everything. And I'm not saying it to toot my own horn. Yeah, but I always took that with me. So we were talking about what you got from your internship and how it helps you where you are now as a social media digital guru to kind of look at the big picture. I call you a guru because it comes so naturally to you. I, I don't think, I I, people who are naturally good at stuff, I don't think realize or discern those qualities in themselves. And so it takes friends, soulmates yeah. to like be your mirror and be like, this is something that you're just naturally good at. And it's fascinating as somebody who's witnessed your journey, mm -hmm. as you have witnessed mine, mm -hmm. how all the things that you've done from UMass to Spain, to grad school, to teaching, to yoga, beach body, everything, and the, the personal things that you went through, whether it was, God forbid, the car accident, uh, you know, personal things in your, in, your, in your life, got you to where you are now, oh, yeah. but not just got you here, but put you in the mind frame mm -hmm. and, you know, mind, body, spirit to show up the way that you do running your own business and teaching people how yeah. to market every single thing that they're offering to the world. Yeah. And, and I think, I think I'm finally coming to the realization also with your help and some of the conversations that we have that there's so much power in that. Oh, a hundred percent. And because we don't recognize it and we potentially even deny it. Remember the most recent thing I went through was if I'm too intense for people. I'm too much for people. Yeah. And if I don't tone it down, they'll leave me. Yes. Is what it really equated to. Yeah. And translated to is the word. Yeah. It translated to my fear of because I am too much, if I am too much, they'll leave me. Or they'll think, or they'll think, or they'll, I'm, too or they'll think I'm too much. Or they'll say, and then literally just this year at 40 and a half, in the past couple of months, I realized... I don't care. I don't give a flying F. I, I don't I'm, care. I, I'm, I, I, I'm so glad you said this. <laughs> I don't care. Because I finally, at 42, got to the point where I was like, I'm a Scorpio. I, I'm intense. I sh when I show up, I'm either going to be in hermit mode mm -hmm. or I'm going to show up. And when I show up, because I need hermit mode to replenish. That's all the Virgo in my chart. But when I show up, it's going to be full throttle. And either you love it or you don't. Right. And so my people love it. For everybody else, it's too much. It's and okay. I get it. And that's fine. Yeah. But a lot of that, like you, has been um, that place of self-acceptance that I finally got to. Yeah. If I, and if I were to have a destination on the journey, even though there's not really one, it would be that yeah. for me, mm -hmm. was retrospectively kind of reflecting on Man, because I used to be embarrassed that I flunked out of my freshman year of college. I used to be embarrassed that I went to community college. And I used to be embarrassed that I waited tables and was a maid. And all. And then I, when I really went through this um, time of healing and self-reflection, I realized that every single thing to, to, to dilute or dismiss any facet would be 
deluding or dismissing or rejecting me mm-hmm. and every single thing that I've been through, good, bad, ugly, and different, has sculpted me into the glorious, imperfect thing that I am now. And I'm so grateful that I have people in my life mm-hmm. like you that reflect the same kind of value and just help me to help me show up in that way. And I can't thank you enough, Hera. Mm-hmm. Z for coming today <laughs> and showing up despite our technical issues and sharing oh, your okay. story and showing up authentically and being yourself. I'm so grateful. I love you. I love you. Oh, I love you, You made so oh. You're the best. That's a wrap, people. After like seven takes. Take.